This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Much conversation continues about the impact of the impending deal with Charles Schwab buying TD Ameritrade for $26 billion. The merger brings together two of the biggest companies in the brokerage industry, which have a total of $5 trillion worth of assets. We're going to take a look at the merger from a couple of perspectives. First, we look at the brokerage industry impact, joined by Tom Meyer, who is the CEO of Meyer Capital Group, based in Marlton, New Jersey. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me on this beautiful day, I might add. Thank you. So when you hear that this deal is announced, and obviously these are two of the, what, handful of big players in this industry, your reaction kind of being in this sector ends up being what? Well, full disclosure, we use both TD and Schwab. And, you know, I I sat back and I thought about this and I'm thinking, maybe I'm not too surprised at this because you have these two behemoths that were the original disruptors in the brokerage industry going back to 1975. The large brokers all laughed at them, scoffed at them, and said, oh, this will never work. Well, guess what? Now, to your point, it's a $26 billion merger, $5 trillion in assets, and it's going to really continue to keep and help the individual investor, as far as I'm concerned, through transparency and low cost. Because let's not forget, you still have two ahead of them, which is Fidelity and Vanguard. Yeah. It, was it as simple as saying that the, the zero commissions kind of sparked this move in the end? I have to tell you, this is a brilliant move by Schwab. What they did is they took their largest competitor and they used the nuclear option. They didn't go from 495 to like two bucks. They went from 495 to zero. And based upon their uh, revenue, only 8% or 6 to 8% of revenue for Schwab depends upon trading, whereas over 25% for TD. So what they did is they took their largest adversary, their largest opponent, mm. and put their back against the wall. So what do you expect to be the future then? Assuming this, this passes regulatory muster, what do you expect this, this future to be for this new combined company? Uh, well, the unfortunate thing is when they say synergies, you know what that means. Cuts. Cuts. Big time cuts. You have yeah. a lot of overlapping right there. This is an asset grab. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're getting to five plus trillion dollars in assets through this. And I think that, you know, be- between the two, what, and there's going to be Schwab. Just Charles Schwab. Yes. And uh, they have a new headquarters down in Texas. Uh, if it does pass reg- regulatory muster. Now, I think on the consumer side, the individual investor, let's not forget, in my opinion, it has never been better for an individual investor today to invest because of transparency and low cost compared to ten, five years ago, 10 years ago, and especially 30 years ago. Right. So from that standpoint of view, I think antitrust will take a look at this and say, okay, but it's the RIA side of this business, which is going to be roughly $3.5 trillion or so, or roughly 40% of all assets will be controlled by Charles Schwab yeah. on the uh, RIA side as a custodian. So I think they might take a look at that. We're joined here in studio by Tom Meyer, CEO of the Meyer Capital Group. So I think one of the, the questions out there is whether or not that this is the first step in what could be several steps in the industry as in general, of more consolidation. Yeah. I mean, we went through, remember the 80s and 90s, you had the major wirehouses that were getting together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You'll, you'll have E-Trade that's sitting out there that, I mean, I think you'll see a deal possibly in the next year. Maybe Fi- Fidelity will buy them. But it's very going to be very, very tough for them to compete in, in this arena. And then I think you're going to go back to the major wirehouses. What are they going to do? You know, what are the Merrill Lynch's and the Morgan Stanley's of the world going to do? And how are they going to compete with this incredible... 
uh, connection or marriage of these two um, discount brokers. It's going to be tough. So as you said, you work with with both. I do Schwab and Ameritrade. Yeah. What does this mean? End up, you know, for your business and, I, and for the investors uh, well, with you. From our standpoint of view, um, we have roughly ninety eight percent of our clients' assets at Charles Schwab. So we really will be affected uh, from a minimum standpoint of view. However. You're talking about advisors that are 100% with TD. You're going to have to do what we call repapering your clients. It is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> and, but look, let's not forget, this is going to not happen till maybe 16 to 18 months down the road. Right. And the whole integration process is going to be tough. Because let's not forget, TD also bought Scott Trade a year ago. Yeah. They're integrating that. And, and Schwab is going through the USAA merger. Uh, uh, for their brokerage side. Yeah. So, you know, this isn't going to happen overnight. So when you talk about that, that, that merger, that bringing together from the big two entities, where are the areas that, that are going to be most affected, most impacted uh, with Ameritrade becoming Schwab here at some point? Okay, so you're going to look at the scenario from the RIAs that like, from, from the RIA side, the, they really love TD, they love the te technology, and quite frankly, a lot of these uh, smaller R RIAs, which was the niche really for TD, they got over 7,000 RIAs, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them crossover like we do, but there are a lot of smaller RIAs that just got better service through TD. So it'll be interesting to see how Schwab handles that side. You know, it's interesting, we had Charles Schwab on here uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, and uh, he was talking about his book, Invested. His book, yeah. And, and the thing that he brought up was the, the zero commission uh, and how that really was, a, was an impactful move for him. As we got more efficient in terms of technology and things like that, Internet, all those things played into that we could get the cost of transactions down to very nominal amounts. And I just thought, let's take the whole cost of commissions out of the formula, make sure we took the commodity part of the investment business and put it aside. And so we now charge no commissions whatsoever on any transaction. So the, the technology part of it, I, I find interesting because obviously there's a lot of talk about how everything is becoming advanced. And now obviously you have the, the advent of robo-advising in the, in the last few years. How have you seen technology playing a, a, an integral role moving forward? Oh, I mean, just from our standpoint of view, I, I would have to ha hire five more people just to do back office work if it wasn't for the technology that Schwab has brought to the table. I mean, I started in 1982 when there was nothing. I mean, you, truly, you were truly an independent, right? You never had, we didn't have any platforms like this, and Schwab really changed my business life forever uh, from the technology on our side. Just look on, on the... Um, on the individual side, individual investor side. I mean, whoever would have thought that we'd be doing everything by the internet, yeah. that you'd be trusting, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars every day with the, or billions of the transactions we make every day. And people don't even blink an eye. Well, that, that trust factor is obviously still an important component. And I, I noticed on your company's website, you talk about the trust factor being important part to, to the relationship. How is that going to continue to move forward when you have technology more as a, as a role and, with with robo advising playing, it's in called here as well. human. The human element. We're not well, going to go away, and it's very true. So you have to integrate both because yeah. we also have a robo. Schwab's got the robo. Schwab's uh, SIP um, is is very very uh, successful. You've got Vanguard that is doing the the robo esque, if you will. They are throwing in. If you've noticed, it's not complete one hundred percent robo as much as it was. Now they're throwing in for a little bit more twenty eight basis points, thirty basis points that you get a human advisor because ultimately. Yeah people do want to talk to a person, yeah. especially when things are going haywire. So
so then the 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 role of the individual of the human in this industry will never go away. No, it won't go away, but it'll be far more limited as far as what their capacity will entail. If you think about it, I mean, um, hey, okay, you can talk to somebody real quick about something, you feel good about it, but you're going to ultimately press that button. That's what it comes down to. It's going to be your responsibility. But don't forget, financial planning, life planning, it's huge. Robot, robots aren't yeah. going to talk to you about that. Is this a good deal for the industry in the end? I think in the end it is. And, and, I real, and I say that because you still have that huge competition with Vanguard, Fidelity, and Schwab as the top three, and they're just going to cut each other's throats all for the benefit of the individual investor. But you said the companies like E-Trade and, and some of the other small ones, they yeah. are, they're the small fish that could get eaten they up. They are. In, now, in not the to say up. they can't have a niche. I mean, let's face it, Robinhood is the one that really started this whole role, uh, the, the whole zero commission, I forget, maybe five years ago. Yeah. And that started a movement. And here we are. And again, it, it's going to come to those... You know, you have those little niches, but then, you know, everyone's looking at the discount how the discount brokerage end. Let's talk about the full service, the ma the the uh, major wirehouses, uh, Schwab. You know, from their wealth management, their wealth management division, you can get anything, have any service you want that you can get at the major wirehouses at a far lower cost. Yeah. How is their model going to be able to support the lower costs that are? Surely around the corner. It, it is interesting, though, to see the conversation. And, you know, we joked about the word synergies at the at the top here. But it is interesting to see how the bottom line and the focus on cost is just as important with your business as it is with Schwab each and every day. It's across the board. You know, um, it, the lower cost and trust. Again, that whole trust a number one, you look at all the surveys, it, it trumps performance, it, it, it even trumps technology. It's the trust that they basically, they being the individual investor and our clients put into uh, onto us. So what is this going to mean for the fee-onlys? Oh, this is fantastic news for the fee-onlys because, again, like Schwab and um, back in 75 when he was scoffed at and laughed at, I got to tell you, I was scoffed at and laughed at because I started a fee, my grandfather had a fee-only business in 1963. And these brokers, they had no idea what an RIA was or what a fiduciary was. Yeah. Now what the beautiful thing is, they want to become us. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great area to be in, right? It's a, it's a great area. It's very um, heartwarming when you can, you can help uh, people uh, in their day day-to-day -day lives and also help them gain their financial goals. Are you seeing a, a strong rebound over the last decade from what a lot of people were worried about a decade ago with their investments? In the, and a decade ago? What are you talking about? Yeah, right, exactly. 2008? Yeah. Yeah, it, no, because in, in, the, in the baby boomers, it's still in the back of their mind. They, they go into their 60s now. They say, I don't want to take that much risk. And I also have to remind them and say, hey, we're not our parents' 60s. you got another good 30 years ahead of you. So if you get yeah. too conservative, you could outlive your money. But the millennials, seemingly, we, we've heard some stories about the fact that, uh, at least at the outset, they were not putting money away. But now we're starting to hear some stories that they are putting it away and they recognize the problems that could be ahead. Absolutely. You know, I, people looked at the millennials and, and said, oh, they're not saving anything. I disagree. They lived through this. They saw their parents possibly lose their home or, you know, not be able to pay their mortgages or their car loans. They don't want to go through that. So I think we ought to tip our hat a little bit more to the millennials. And oh, by the by the way, the oldest millennial just turned forty. So yeah. I, I think <laughs> I of them like you know, they're still in their twenties. It is exactly. What then do you expect to be when you look at the industry as a whole moving forward? What do you expect to be the next 
areas of focus or areas of change that we will start seeing popping up in, in brokerage in the uh, next few years? I think you're seeing it on the robo side. I, I really do. I think you're seeing the technology. I, I think you're seeing the do-it-yourself. Do it like, here's, here's the issue with that. You're seeing more and more people say, hey, I can do this myself because what are they doing? They're forgetting about what happened in 2008 sure. and the mistakes that a lot of individual investors uh, made. Remember, we're, we're sitting here as a buffer for a lot of individual investors not to make the mistakes that they made back in 2008, which is getting out of everything at the and that's time. still And that is still a big concern out there, is, is the understanding and the knowledge uh, of having you know, a cursory level of uh, of understanding of how you go about kind of laying out your portfolio and having right. an understanding, having, and again, having that connection with, a, with an advisor. No doubt. And having diversification. And forget about the stock market. Forget about the S&P 500, please. This is about you. It's not about the market. It's not about Uncle Joe that comes on Thanksgiving and talks about his, all his high-tech <laughs> stocks. It's about you and your risk tolerance. Great having you here, Tom. Thanks yeah, for coming thank in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thomas Meyer, CEO of the Meyer Capital Group based in Marlton, New Jersey. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.